Seattle in the 90s. A tidal wave of iconic music roars out of this sleepy city and launches a pop culture revolution. Here's a story you haven't heard. Let the Kids Dance is a new podcast about the rise and fall of Seattle's teen dance ordinance, the law that made it illegal for young people to go to concerts. Listen to Let the Kids Dance from KUOW and the NPR Network. This is Sound and Vision from KEXP in Seattle. I'm Emily Fox. Saturday, February 13th, marks the 25th anniversary of the Fuji's album, The Score. Fuji's, short for Refugees, formed in New Jersey in the 90s. The group was made up of Lauren Hill, along with Haitian immigrants Wyclef Jean and Praz Michelle. The Fugees were known for hits like Ready or Not, Ready or Not, Here I Come, and covers such as Killing Me Softly with this song. KEXP will be celebrating this anniversary all day on Friday, February 12th by playing album cuts, remixes, inspirations, and digging into the genres reflected on the score and more. KEXP's Larry Mizell Jr. and Gabriel Teodros caught up to talk about the legacy of the Fugees and the score and why it matters. Here's Gabriel. Fugees' score is like, man, it's got to be in my top 10 of all time, any genre, like one of the albums that changed my life. You know what I mean? Like, absolutely. I wouldn't be me without that record, you know? It's really iconic. There's mm-hmm. so many things about it from the initial surprise of who's this to just, yeah, you know, I can, I can see like the, 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 the pattern of Praz's cornrows on the cover <laughs> mm-hmm. to the back cover, mm-hmm. like in the font used. And, mm-hmm. and, and I think about lines from the album and from the skits all the time. We were just talking about this. Yeah. You know, you just quote it. It's like, you know, I'm always quoting movies and, and, and lyrics, but that's, that's one I, I think about a lot for sure. Yeah. It's like every lyrics etched in my brain somehow. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So that album came out in 1996. Let's talk about what was going on in music around then, but also what was going on with you. I don't remember the day on the calendar, but I remember yeah. the moment that I heard the score. <laughs> For sure. Tell me about that. Oh, man. I was uh, <laughs> on Beacon Hill, you know, in my, it's literally in my bedroom. And I put it on, not really knowing what to expect. And that beat for how many mics comes Yo. in. How many mics do we rip on the deli? Send me, say many money. Send me, say many, many, many. And those verses, and I just, I just remember feeling like, oh my God, like time just stopped. You know what I mean? And I remember. Pick up your microphone. Whoo, how many mics do we rip on the deli? Like it was just, it was so hard. Like, oh my God. And Lauren Hill's rapping on there, especially, was just some of the best rapping I've ever heard in my life. By the time you get to the end of the album, she has a verse that, you know, manifest that she revisited as X Factor on her solo album, Miseducation. When I first heard that verse, like, I want to say it might be the first time a verse gave me goosebumps from beginning to end the entire the just her entire verse you see i love her once but that love was in return found out the man i died for he wasn't even concerned the time it burned he tried to burn me like a like that that right. that fierce vulnerability 
that mm-hmm. that Lauren Hill exhibited just as a lyricist is something that I don't know if I had heard in hip hop before from a man or a woman, you know? Right. And it changed my life forever, you know? You see, I loved hard once, but the love wasn't returned. I found out the man I died for, he wasn't even concerned. In time it turned, he tried to burn me like a perm. Though my eyes saw the deception, my heart wouldn't let me learn from. Um, some dumb woman was I. And every time he lied, he would cry, and inside I'd die. My heart must have died a thousand deaths. Compared myself to Tony Braxton, thought I'd never catch my breath. Nothing left, he stole a heart beating from my chest. I tried to call the cops, that type of thief they can't arrest. Pain suppressed, will lead to cardiac arrest. Diamonds deserve diamonds, but he convinced me I was also man jersey jersey you got it you I, when i think of when i think of lauren hill's delivery and cadences like it makes me think of people like wise intelligent um who the fuji's also collaborated with in 96 on a song called uh poor righteous teachers uh allies Right, and they're from Jersey. They're from Jersey. It makes me think of Tretch, you know, Tretch from Naughty by Nature. You got these spitters who just like, uh, so much content, but the, but, but like, like they were, they, they were also very fast in their delivery you know yes. what i mean they were still rapping kind of fast well you know rapping fast was just kind of fading out around that time yeah um you know jay-z was pulling out of that by that time he released reasonable doubt that same year he was that's a lot right. smoother that's that right year mm-hmm. but um yeah the jersey connection was really strong of course i think of like one of the biggest icons of mcs that are women queen, queen latifah, latifah. Jersey, Jersey. Yep. so there you have it. There's just, there's a real strong lineage coming out of the 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 whole area mm-hmm. informing their approach and 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 their you know like like the outsiders call themselves that, but they're they're you're outsiders. You're yeah. not part of the New York thing, and right. it's very it's very you know everybody knows each other, everybody lives around each other, sees each other at these same spots. Mm-hmm. You're not from that far away. But you're not a part of that. Mm-hmm. And I think that probably contributed to them feeling othered. You know, yeah. that contributed to their mythos as refugee camp, yes. probably. Absolutely. So there was just a lot going on. Hip hop was changing mm-hmm. and it was about to get darker. I don't think anybody quite realized because when did Pac die? It would have been, geez, like six months later because I remember All Eyes on Me came out. And what? so what are we talking about right now? Like what day is it? It's February, right? Right. Pac died in September, early September. Right. So six months later, Tupac dies. He gets killed. And six months after that, Biggie gets killed. Right. And I don't think it's still properly understood by a lot of people that weren't growing up hip hop at that time. What a huge cultural moment and yeah. wound that was. I don't think people 
you know, I always liken it to, you know, imagine if Waylon Jennings and, and, and Kenny Rogers or something got killed within the space of a year. Right. And nobody ever found their killer and it poisoned everything. Right. And, and all this animosity grew. And, you know, Larry, though, for, for hip hop fans that are growing up right now, the moment that felt the most like it was when Nipsey Hussle got murdered. Yeah. True. That's the first moment that felt like that again, you know, because mm-hmm. it was like, this is this is the wrong person like this, you know. Right. You shouldn't. Yeah. The score felt like one of the last lighter hearted moments. You know, they were kind of they would be serious, but they mm-hmm. would be satirical. They were they were satirizing, I think. A lot of times in those skits. All right, yo, this is a Chinese restaurant, but like Burger King, have it your way. And uh, that was another thing uh, lyrically about that album. You have Lauren, who's like sharp and clear as a diamond. 100%. But Wyclef and Praz had this very dreamlike kind of narrative in their lyrics. Mm-hmm. One second, Wyclef is working at like a burger king i used to work at burger king a king taking orders punching my clock now i'm wanted by the manager and then he's working on the plans for world war three he's with jesus and hill you know what i mean like that's right that's right i woke up this morning i was feeling kind of high it was me jesus christ and highly selassie <laughs> it was always like he was tripping out somehow it it, it, it kind of felt like um yeah. You know, I was dreaming when I wrote this, like at all times was going on with Clef. And it was it was pretty unique. That's right. That that kind of um, juxtaposition that they had. That's right. <laughs> I hadn't For thought sure. about that. Yeah. You Man. know, if you go back and check those. And, and Wyclef had a very distinct, and, and Proz did this too. They had that distinctive style. I always call it Wyclef rhyming when I hear it. When you rhyme two words that basically end in the same kind of sound, but uh-huh. they don't really rhyme. Exactly. Like if you rhymed the word satisfaction and button, right? right. <laughs> that's not a rhyme, but that's how Wyclef rhymed all the time. And it used to crack me up. And it, at first I was like, oh, that's whack. Why is he doing yeah. it? But it was just like a funny feature to his style. I appreciate it because he, he was not taking himself too seriously. I thought it was endearing, man. And For sure. Yeah, I thought it was endearing. And one thing that we haven't spoken on yet is what the Fugees meant even as an idea yes. to the black immigrants experience yes so even even why clef rhyming like that to me pointed to the fact that you know english isn't his second language right right right, right <laughs> i mean right. english isn't his first language you know what i'm right. saying right. and uh i can only imagine what it meant for for haitian kids growing up at that time for sure to have this representation suddenly you know mm-hmm. on a mainstream level in hip-hop for it to be so fierce for it to be so unapologetic like we're representing Haiti mm-hmm. but I can't but I do know what it meant for me as 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 an Ethiopian child you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. like growing up loving hip-hop and not really seeing just a black immigrant experience like they didn't say we're the Haitian refugee camp we said they, they said we are the refugee camp and I think yes. and I think that resonated with anyone who was a refugee all around the world you know for like sure. I don't I don't really know any East African people of that era who didn't love the Fujis with everything they had. You know what right. I mean? They yeah. were pretty explicit. They, they, you yeah. know, I saw like a video of a live show from '96, and, and Wyclef is strumming a guitar, and he's like, "We represent the ghettos of the whole world." They yeah. had a global perspective that, that was, was really lacking. 
you had you maybe had a very obscure group like Zimbabwe Legit. Word. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Would come around. But this was still when I mean this still goes on, but mm-hmm. people are calling each other African booty scratcher and stuff like that. I was just interviewing Amare and she was talking about getting called that. I grew up with that. I grew yeah. up being called that. Oh my right. God. Like you never uh just particularly like, you know, coming from Ethiopia yeah. in the eighties and nineties. Yeah. Oh my God. It was it wasn't just African booty scratcher. I was getting called Ethiopian booty scratcher. I was right. getting called, uh, you know, I would talk about Ethiopian food in the in the comeback. The kids would say it's like Ethiopians have food because the only right. time you saw us on TV was in reference to starvation. You know right. what I mean? So, right, yeah, to see this to see this group who's black who also has an immigrant experience embracing it and standing yeah. strong in it. Yeah. Oh my God! Like I, I know it changed my life. I can only imagine what it did for countless artists. Like, whew. I wish, I wish we had, I wish we had a month to dissect like the impact of the score on the planet. Because, yeah, I'm just thinking about all the black immigrant musicians that came after it. Like, who probably got some energy from it, and then all the women MCs. Like, it's. For sure. Yeah, the score, the score is so important. So much. Oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, Lauren is, is, a, is a deity to anybody mm-hmm. um, who raps that is a woman mm-hmm. and rightfully should be in the pantheon for anybody that raps. Yeah. I'm trying to think about everything that happened afterwards. You had the After miseducation the of Lauren Hill. Well, before that, before that, you had Wyclef's The Carnival. Right, and they Which, were still, they were still crew at the time. They were Lauren yeah. and Proz were on that record. And Carnival was, I feel like when we we go back and we think about it, like Miseducation of Lauren Hill was such a flawless and like generation defining album that a lot of times Carnival gets forgotten. I feel like it's true, and it was it, it was fantastic incredible. record. It and was he incredible. continued that global perspective. You had Guantanamera on Rap, there. With Celia Cruz and Lauren Hill busting on it. Yo, I wrote this in Haiti, overlooking Cuba. I asked her what's her name, she said Guantanamera. You had several songs in Creole, which is something that I don't know if we had ever heard, like at least in an American hip hop perspective, you know? And just what what Haiti means to black people, you know, globally, like when you're representing hard for Haiti, it's like you're representing for the first black republic. You're you're representing yeah. for revolution. Na- for revolution, for a nation that where there was slavery and they fought the slave masters and won and freed their country and have been punished for it right. ever since, you know? Right. right. Oh man, to represent for Haiti just means so much for black people globally. So For sure. Yeah, to 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 hear Wyclef busting in Creole and represented for Haiti on that level, I don't know, it just hit harder than a French MC just rapping in French, you know? <laughs> right. Right. So you had that record. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Miseducation was a huge. Proz didn't really, he didn't drop a record. Well, maybe he, he No, he did. did. He did the Ghetto did. Superstar record, which. Oh, yeah. Well, he did Ghetto Superstar, and that was that was a huge song. Yeah. 
some got hopes and dreams. We got ways and means. The supreme dream team always up with a scheme. From hubcap to selling raps, name your theme. Mirage to the top, floating on the screen. Who the hell wanna stop me? I hated those who got me. A million refugees with unlimited warranties. So, what do you think the legacy of the score and the Fuji's is? Oh my God. Yeah, I think the legacy is something that we see all the time and don't even know. Like we were talking about mm. this earlier, Akon was featured on the score. We didn't even, you know. Right, right. He, he Akon did, is somebody who became a global superstar. Yeah, from, um, from Senegal, you know. Right. And he was on that record. He was in the Booger Basement with them. Mm-hmm. He was he was deep in his like car thief days. Right. <laughs> so, you know, he was in the life. Yeah. Um, and he got to see another life because of the refugee camp. And we don't even, most of us, I did not know he was around or a part of that at all. Right. Um, But of course it just made a lot of sense. So you look at that, you look at stuff that Clef continues to do. Um, I'll say one, one piece of legacy that comes directly from Clef. Yeah. I don't think, and this ends up being a game changer, but I think that Destiny's Child was on Word. their way to blunted on reality, like Word. probably getting dropped until Wyclef remixed No, No, No. And then everybody said, what? And then Destiny's Child was on, and we all know how that ended. You know? So Yeah. Beyonce. <laughs> exactly. So that's one piece of legacy. You Wyclef know. Has, has been involved in so much since. Yeah. And I'm just and I'm just thinking about the countless artists that have been influenced by them, you know? Um, yeah, from everyone from black immigrants and 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 just hip hop artists from all around the world that saw themselves in hip hop for the first time that decided, you know what, I'm gonna pick up a mic and tell my story too, mm-hmm. you know. To all the women who Lauren influenced in particular. Yeah. And that's something that, you know, you look at an artist like her, you know, her is phenomenal. She's an incredible songwriter. She's everywhere. I remember her first mixtape. She pretty much opened, I don't know if it was her first mixtape, excuse me. It was one of the projects that came out in the last few years. She started her album with a song called Lost Souls, and the whole song was. Mm homage to Lauren Hill's last one and her is rapping on it which she doesn't really do that much anymore right confusing self-conscious with self-confidence so you monogamous but body positive post pills you swallowing for following what he got to offer he don't see the kids that he fathering if you won't bother just as an example man sure. it's 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 so far-reaching yeah it's, it's yeah it felt it felt like the biggest album in the world for a minute you know it absolutely was. It seemed like hits just kind of kept coming. Mm-hmm. You had Fuji La. See it, ready or not. Ready or not, here I come. You can't hide. Gonna find you and take it slowly. I want to say those are both hits. They both were hits to me. They, I think um, they were hits, especially yeah. especially Ready or Not. The one that For took sure. the one that took over the planet, though, that Roberta Flack, "Killing Me yes. Softly." Whew, right, it took over and, the planet.
So that took over everything. I remember people, I had a friend who was like such a purist. He was so mad that they were doing covers. Right. He's like, that's a Roberta Flack song. That's a Bob Marley song. How yeah. dare you no, know what I mean? No woman, no cry. Yeah. No Woman No Cry That was another huge one So it's just like Hit after hit after hit The album's going crazy mm-hmm. You couldn't get away From the score No For For a year 18 months yeah. possibly You know Probably until the carnival Until Guantanamera <laughs> Yeah It felt like that You know It was a, a Era defining situation um, and, and, and And it was also It It pushed it Within like High Major label rap It kept A very current and relevant presence for consciousness mm-hmm. in hip-hop when mm-hmm. everything was either going deep underground or super glitz and glamour jiggy or right super platinum gangster right you know what's interesting bro like when i think about that era is i feel like that's when hip-hop really started getting more polarized than it had ever been Absolutely. Like the like even terms like jiggy and backpacker damn near right. invented by the media that year. Right. Just like the East Coast, West Coast beef. Invented by the media, you know? Right. right. I well, you can't really listen to the score and say it's not street. Right. You can't listen to it and say it's not conscious. Right. And that's what hip hop always was, you right. know what I mean? Was and, right. was was everything? It, it was right. never meant to fit into these little boxes, right? The other people put it in, you know what I mean? And totally. And when I talk about like what I miss from that era, that's what I miss. Is I miss, <laughs> yeah. Everything was everything, as they as as, as Lauren Hill said. Everything was a, was part of the culture. Everything was identif- was was identifiable. You could identify with everything going on. It wasn't parody of conscious or parody of it gangster. Was, and and I really think that it was there authentic. Was this thing. It was super authentic. It was authentic because nobody's in reality. Nobody's ever one thing. You're never right. you're, you're never on point all the time. Right. If you're a gangster, you're not a killer all the time either. You got feelings. You got people you love. You know yeah, what I mean? Like, that. right? You know. So that that polarization yeah. <laughs> always struck me as a false binary, and I've always tried to talk to people about yes. that because that's also where you really start to get people trying to talk to you about the difference between rap and hip hop, and that Which always was drove corny. me crazy. Yes. Super corny. People yeah. still do it. Uh-huh. And they're like, no, hip hop means more conscious, and I'm like, you have no idea what you're talking about, right? And you don't even realize <laughs> that that was invented. While I was in high school, it's not that old. I right. mean, I am old, but like there were decades, mm-hmm. damn near, of mm-hmm. cultural development that happened before then that did not, was not polarized like that. That's an industry, that's a media creation. Invented and, thing. You know, it came from outside the culture. Exactly. And people buy it and want to feed it back to you. And yeah. some people are gulp it up and they're like, yeah, that's it. That's what it always was. And it's like, I hate that revisionism that happens mm-hmm. because of that. And the score definitely represents one of those last really high profile moments. High profile. That's what it was. Because yeah. because music like the score, I, you know, it's funny because I always use the score as an example of 
an album that I don't think would have been made if the Fugees were unknown a few years later because of what Definitely. the in, what the industry was doing. Right. You know, it yeah, that that raw authenticity that that you can't put this in one box or another. Right. It seemed like people like, you know, whatever powers it be, record labels if they didn't want to invest in it, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know all the politics behind it. I have my theories, you know what I mean, but Sure. It it really seemed like that type of music while it was con- it was always being created. It never got that platform again. I would say until I would say after Kanye, <laughs> right? But we right. can we can have that conversation on another day. That's I do I I do feel time. like it came back around though, bro. I really do. Yeah. I think anytime we're talking about artists where there's a strong presence of diasporic connection, yes, that is that feels like an echo of the Fugees. Because they brought that, without mm-hmm. saying it, into the culture. I think you're right, bro. And I can't think of anyone that did it that hard before then. No, nah, I can't either. There might, they might be there, and when we're done recording, we might think of them and be like, oh, what about so-and-so? But <laughs> right. There are plenty of MCs and plenty of groups, obviously, that invoked Africa. But right. it was almost as a metaphor yeah. for this homeland, for this paradise mm-hmm. that's that's lost to them because mm-hmm. they're they're lost in the American wilderness or whatever. But the the diaspora connection presented by actual immigrants to the US that are black, yes, being presented on wax, that is I, I think that is actually the the biggest legacy of that album. And I'm really glad you pointed that out. Yeah, yeah. Right on. Thanks, well, bro. Man, I love I love nerding out with you, bro. I, All day. We get to it, right? I hope I hope Emily lets this whole thing play. <laughs> Let it rock. Let it rock, E. Right on. All right. Well, Gabriel, it's always a pleasure talking to you about hip-hop, life, anything. Likewise, brother. Always a pleasure, man. All right. Till then. This is KEXP, Sound and Vision. So for the record, I let most of it play, but I did use some of my editing magic for this podcast. Again, that was KEXP's Gabriel Teodros and Larry Mizell Jr. And again, join KEXP Friday, February 12th to celebrate the 25th anniversary of The Score. You can tune in on 90.3 FM in Seattle or worldwide on KEXP.org. And if you miss it, you can also listen back on the archive located on our website. And that was Sound and Vision. Please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast, share it with a friend, and consider giving a one-time $20 donation at kexp.org slash sound. Thanks for listening.